Providing for your family is a top priority. But what happens when you need affordable health care? Christian Healthcare Ministries could save you up to 40% today. As a member, you can choose your provider without network restrictions. Sign up at your convenience with our anytime enrollment. Join a Christian community that supports each other's medical expenses, offering peace of mind as you prioritize what's most important. Enroll now at yourchm.org. I'm Trey Gowdy. I'm Jerry Willis. I'm Bill Hemmer, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, December 14th, 2023. I'm Dave Anthony. The Fed is keeping its foot on the brakes with no interest rate hike again, a signal the economy is doing okay. Recession risks are still, you know, elevated compared to what you might expect in a typical year, but I I feel pretty good. I think the economy is going to hang tough. And Lisa Brady, holiday shoppers beware. Tis the season for scams. I found this ad. I tried to purchase the product and ended up not getting the product and not getting my money or losing my money. And I'm Jason Rant. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. There are just 11 shopping days left till Christmas. And for Americans racking up some credit card debt buying presents... The Fed just gave us a little bit of an early gift, saying no to another interest rate hike. Inflation has eased from its highs, and this has come without a significant increase in unemployment. That's very good news. It's the third straight Fed meeting without an interest rate hike. Still, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell says... But inflation is still too high. Ongoing progress in bringing it down is not assured. And the path forward is uncertain. But it is coming down. The annual rate at the wholesale level rose less than 1% last month. The increase in consumer prices, 3.1% year over year. You know, back at the peak in 2022, inflation was more than three times that. So the 11 Fed hikes that brought interest rates up to a 22-year high seem to have worked. They did what everyone anticipated, and that is not change anything. Mark Zandi is chief economist at Moody's Analytics. I think they're feeling better about where the economy is. Uh, the economy is slowing down, particularly in the labor market, job market. We're seeing slower job growth, which is to script. That's what they want to cool things off. And most importantly, inflation, which is still on the high side of their comfort zone, is coming in. And, uh, you know, I think they feel like they've got interest rates where they need them to get inflation back down to their target in a timely way. So, yeah, I, I think uh, we've seen the end of the rate hikes. Really, the end. I mean, that means until what? You think that it would be more likely the next change would be to go back down? I do. Uh, I think it might. it's going to take a while. It's not next month, not next quarter. But by mid-next year, they'll have enough evidence that they'll feel confident that uh, Zandi's forecast that inflation is going back to their target by the end of next year is going to happen. And therefore, they can uh, start... Uh, taking their foot off the brake. I don't think they're going to lower rates quickly. Uh, I think they're going to be cautious about that. And in, in, in fact, next year in 2024, I think they're, they've got an eye on the election. And I don't, I think all else being equal, they'd love not to change monetary policy interest rates at all because they don't want to get caught up in the politics. A lot of people still complain about grocery store prices. Food is still an issue. And, and you can't, even if in the rate of inflation drops down, which it's been doing, it's not undoing the giant price spikes we saw coming out of COVID. 
So prices are still elevated. And even President Biden said a lot of things are still unaffordable for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think that's what really ails the collective psyche here, even though we got lots of jobs, unemployment's very low, steadfastly low. Wage growth is good. Inflation is, has uh, really come in and wages are now rising more more quickly than inflation. Uh, if you go back a year ago, two years ago, you know, beginning three years ago, we, you know, inflation has outpaced wages and people are just upset about that. And at, at the top of the list of things that are upset about it, you put your finger on it, is uh, food. I mean, I, you know, I, I uh when in my talks and travels, you know, I uh, like, for example, I taught a course at Wharton the other day. Uh, that's a business school at Penn, my alma mater, talking to the kids. And I said, you know, how are you feeling about the economy? And these, of course, are business school kids and they're really smart. And yeah. so, you know, they could articulate well. They go, well, I'm paying a lot more for stuff. And I go, well, what in particular? And the one fellow said uh, ramen noodles are a lot more yeah. expensive. Typical college kid, right? Yeah. So I think people are really just up in arms about the high prices for food. Good news is inflation, food inflation, food at home has kind of gone flat here and hopefully it stays there. But uh, that's after a couple, couple, three years of large price increases and people are still focused on that. Yeah. And, and, and I guess the answer really is get used to it for a while, right? I mean, it's not like these prices are going to come down. Even if inflation slows, it's still going to go up a little bit. Yeah, on food we might get kind of get you know get a break there. Food does go up, it does come down. I mean, like for example, meat prices are coming in uh, for lots of different reasons, uh, so we could get some relief there. Uh, but you know, for most other things, uh, particularly services, no prices never decline. They, they they can stop rising, and that's what we're seeing now. They're rising much more slowly, but they generally historically never decline. Okay, now there's another issue here with the Fed bringing interest rates higher and higher to 22-year highs, that also means the cost to borrow is higher and credit card interest rates are higher. So consumers feel the pinch on that end, too. They do. Uh, you know, it's obviously very unaffordable to buy a home. It really makes uh, younger people in their 20s and 30s uh, you know, pretty uncomfortable because it literally can't afford a, a home at these high house prices with these mortgage rates. Um, and you're right. I mean, uh, if you're, if you need to borrow against a credit card or get a buy now, pay later, a consumer finance loan or, you know, uh, an auto loan, uh, you're paying a lot, particularly at subprime, if your credit score is low, uh, then you're paying a lot more for that. I will say though, if you look across all households, consumers, debt service, that's the percent of income that people have to devote to paying on their debt all debt, you know, cards, student loans, mortgages, the whole shoot and match is very low by historical standards. Uh, although, again, you know, you're right. Uh, some house, some households, uh, particularly lower income households, they've had to take on more debt and card debt and they're paying a lot more in interest. Okay. You, you reference the housing market. For a lot of Americans, that's a big source of whatever their net worth would be, right? Their value. I mean, that's a huge asset even though they're still paying a mortgage. I mean, if they sell the house, that's where they could get the most money that they could possibly get. At what point does the market go down into a bad place like we've had in other times, like, say, the mortgage crisis? Certainly the market collapsed back then. At what point do 8 7% mortgage rates slow the market down and then housing prices start going back down? Yeah, I'm not all that worried about that. Um, I mean, uh, prices are up a lot. 
you know, from where they were. I yeah. Mean, they're up 40% from the pandemic. It's I mean, great for the net worth. I mean, if you, if you own yeah. a home, your value is really good right now. You're golden, right? I mean, you're worth a lot more. And of course, stock prices are up a lot too compared to where they were when the pandemic hit. You know, they've gone kind of sideways here over the last couple of years, but they took off, you know, during the pandemic. So people are worth a lot more. The kind of the median net worth, the difference between what people own and what they owe and kind of the typical American in the middle of the distribution, their their net worth is up about $50,000, you know, compared to pre-pandemic. So they're sitting pretty. But for those who are wanting to be first-time home buyers, you referenced them. Oh, yeah. It's, they, it's, this is they may have to rent terrible. for a while, and rent is yeah. not cheap either. No, this is, a, you, know, you know, obviously a real problem. Um, I, it's going to get better. I mean, mortgage rates will come in. They've already come in from their peak. They were at 8%. Uh, a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, they're down to seven. I think they're headed to six by this time next year. So they'll come in, but still 6% is pretty high with these high house prices and affordability is still a problem. I mean, the only way out of the box, and this is a box we've gotten into over the last 10, 15 years in the wake of the financial crisis, is if we want to get out of out of it faster, we do need lawmakers to kind of step up and provide some uh, incentive to uh, get more build uh, homes built, particularly again low at lower price points, uh, affordable rental, you know, for uh, entry level to to help these first time potential first time home buyers get into homes. You know, when inflation was spiking last year, it drove the price of the gas pump to a record high, five dollars a gallon for regular. In July of 2022, when President Biden said the reason why gas prices are up is because of Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Citing the invasion of Ukraine, but Republicans blamed him. Then House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said... He inherited energy independence from President Trump, but is now traveling the world, begging foreign countries for energy to power our country. But now gas has come way down. AAA's national average for regulars is only about three ten a gallon. And that record high price of 5 bucks did not fuel a recession as many economists predicted i'll just take a little curtsy here i, I did not say recession so, okay uh i i thought we'd be able to navigate through uh I, it's understandable why economists meant most economists thought we would because they you know looked at history and said look if you're in a world of high inflation high interest rates fed on the warpath historically you, you land in recession it's very difficult for the fed to raise rates high enough, fast enough to quell inflation, but not too high, too fast to push it into recession. So an understandable mistake. I can go, I can, I can go on for hours here. But, uh, <laughs> one other thing. Please I, don't. I, I just, I won't. Uh, I'll just point out one other thing that is this time is different. Businesses uh, have shown a extraordinary reluctance to lay off workers. And I think that goes to the very tight labor market that's existed now since well before the pandemic. So businesses couldn't find workers, couldn't had a hard time retaining workers pre-pandemic, obviously during the pandemic and now post-pandemic. And they know demographic trends aging out of the workforce by baby, the large baby boom cohort means that it's going to remain tight. And I think a necessary ingredient for recession is layoffs. Without layoffs, consumers are going to hang tough. They're not going to lose their faith in the economy. They're going to keep spending. And if that's the case, uh, you know, we continue to move forward without a downturn. So as you look ahead, to 2024, you sound pretty optimistic. I am. Uh, I mean, obviously things can go wrong and I don't want to be Pollyannish. And I do think recession risks are still, you know, elevated compared to what you might expect in a typical year. But I, I feel pretty good. I think the economy is going to hang tough. What would change that? What, if there was a factor 
that could knock us into a recession, what might it be? Well, uh, look what's going on overseas, all the geopolitical hotspots. That's pretty disconcerting to watch. That could boil over and affect the broader economy. Hasn't so far, but, you know. Uh, if oil prices restric- surged again, right? Oh, yeah. That, nothing does more damage to the economy more quickly than, you know, going back to $5 a gallon would do us in for sure. I'll also throw out into the mix the financial system. You know, it's under a lot of pressure. Remember back to March, there was that crisis. With and, the banks. Uh, that goes to the... Yeah, banks. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank failed, Signature Bank, and there was a deposit run on the on the banks, and uh, that was a bit scary. The Fed and Treasury and FDIC stepped in and stopped it, but the system is still under a lot of pressure, and and also the non bank part of the system. You know, other financial institutions. So it always it feels like to me that's kind of shaking and under a lot of stress, and something could uh, break there. But ultimately, you don't expect those bad things to happen, right? I don't. You know, those are what economists call tail risks, kind of out there on the, uh, you know, low probability events. And here's the other thing I'd say is people are entering back into the workforce strongly. You've got strong immigration and even more significantly productivity growth, which is the elixir for our standard of living, is uh, up a lot. And so those two things mean the economy can grow a lot more. Uh, we can get more income. We can get more corporate earnings. We can have higher stock prices. We can have higher housing values. We can have more tax revenue. We can have uh, smaller budget deficits all without inflation. So if that continues, so I, I'm not, that's not my baseline either, but I'm just saying, um, you know, that's, that's an upside risk. Mark Zandi, chief economist, Moody's analytics. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, indeed. All Take right. care now. You too. I'm Benjamin Hall, Fox News correspondent and New York Times bestselling author. Join me for my brand new podcast, Searching for Heroes. Make sure you subscribe to this series wherever you download podcasts and leave a rating and review. This is Jason Rance with your Fox News commentary coming up. Americans are still spending for the holidays, even though money's tight for many. Things are getting pretty expensive. Believe me. Inflation's no joke. What's the budget this year? <sighs> I already done spent like 300 just today. Those shoppers still cheery, at least, on Jesse Waters' primetime. But real-life Grinches are lurking. Scammers who keep finding new ways to rip people off. Even easier when we're in a hurry or distracted, and especially when we're online. The FBI's Internet Crimes Report for 2022 says Americans lost a total of more than $280 million last year just to internet scams, including the kinds that pop this time of year. It's always the online purchase scam that a lot of people unfortunately find themselves caught up in around the holidays. Melanie McGovern is Director of Public Relations and Social Media for the International Association of Better Business Bureaus. For example, you're searching for an item and then all of a sudden it pops up in your social media feed on a website you've never heard of. And that's where people report to our scam tracker. I found this ad. I tried to purchase the product and ended up not getting the product and not getting my money or losing my money. So that's where we do see a lot of these scams pop up, especially this time of year. It is the online purchase scam. Definitely number one. Hmm. And I guess, you know, these have become even easier, right, with so many people shopping online? I mean, what are the red flags for people to look for? How can they tell a fake email or a fake website from the real thing? A lot of this comes from what we call passive scrolling. So, I mean, think about when you're on social media and you see an ad, you stop scrolling and you click over. You're not in shopping mode. You're not thinking about is this real or not. So if you get an email, you 
want to know, hey, did I sign up for these emails? Does the website look a little off? Is the URL not the direct name of the retailer? Are they promising that they have an item that nobody else has? Um, Is the item way less than it is other places? Is there no contact information? That's a big red flag. Same as a website. So once you click that email and you go to that website, look for those red flags. Do the pictures all look kind of off? Is there broken English? Is there no contact information? And then again, on social media, always look for that verified check mark next to a retailer. And, you know, go to the page. Is it new? Did it just start? Are there comments? Are they deleting comments? What are people saying about it? Those are just really good ways to protect yourself when you're online shopping this holiday season. You mentioned that one potential red flag is if they're offering something that other people don't have. Popular items, very easy to be tempted by resellers when you can't find that hot item that you're looking for. I know counterfeits and knockoffs are are also a big issue, right? How do you protect yourself from that? Well, you want to go in knowing what the availability is, What's the regular retail price? If you're looking for something that averages about $149.99, let's say, and the sale price that you've seen is $129.99 across multiple retailers, and then all of a sudden you're seeing ads for the same product for $79.99, that can be a red flag that it could be counterfeit. Um, you know, Look for the, the search terms like, again, using the word like next to the name of the product. Or again, if it's coming from, say, overseas, how long is it going to take to get there? And we do know that some of the products that do come from overseas could be counterfeits or duplicates. So you want to make sure that that's in the description, that you know what you're buying. Um, Sometimes the counterfeits and duplicates could be problematic. They could be made of poor material. They could cause problems down the road. So again, it's a lot of buyer beware if that's the route you want to go. Um, you know, after you do all your due diligence, that's something to think about before you hit purchase. The word free is always a hook. <laughs> is there any such thing as a free gift card? Probably not. And we do see some of these scams pop up where people think they're getting a free item and then they ask you for your credit card for the shipping. And then all of a sudden you're subscribed to some service that you never asked for, never authorized So again, nothing is ever really free. Make sure that you know what you're signing up for before you put any kind of personal information into any website. Speaking of shipping, (laughs) I know fake shipping notifications are another pitfall of holiday shopping. How do those work? I get the texts all the time. It's coming from what claims to be a national package outlet that ships things. It's UPS, USPS, FedEx saying that your package is being held at the warehouse because there wasn't enough postage put on it. Um, So that's where people are like, oh, no, what do I do? They see a link, they click that link, and then all of a sudden they're giving up personal information and not even realizing it. So that's, again, where it can get a little dicey. People really need to keep track of what they ordered. A lot of reputable retailers will ask you at the point of sale, do you want text alerts? Do you want emails? How do you want to get this delivered? Make sure you remember if you checked that box for text alerts, um, because what the scammers are relying on is you not paying attention, people opening text messages within seconds of them being sent, and then panicking and giving up that info. So bottom line, make sure you're keeping track of what you ordered, how it's coming, and what carrier is bringing it to your house. 
There is a scam as well preying on people who want to pay it forward through gift exchanges with strangers online, for instance. Uh. <laughs> um, that certainly exposes personal information, right? Yeah, and it's technically illegal. It's technically a pyramid scheme. So if you see a friend of yours post, let's do a, a holiday gift exchange. If you send one $10 product to a person, you could get 30 products from other people. Um, so you're moving up the pyramid. <laughs> um, and if you're sending things in the mail like that, it is technically illegal. So and you don't know who you're giving your information to. It could be a, a trusted Facebook friend who has an account that's been hacked and spoofed. So you want to make sure that you know who you're exchanging gifts with, that it isn't online, that it's actually in person. And if you see one of these and you're tempted to do it, just scroll on by, reach out to that friend and say, hey, you know what, if you want to exchange gifts, let's just do it in real life. A lot of folks look for temporary jobs over the holidays. That's another way that scammers could maybe find a way in to your personal information. What are ways to spot a fake job opportunity or a fake warning that you've been hacked? The biggest thing with the jobs is they came to you, you didn't go to them. A lot of times we'll see people report to our scam tracker, I got an email with a job offer. Reputable companies don't offer you a job until they've met with you, interviewed you, gone and done their due diligence. So if the job is too easy to get, that's a red flag as well. Or they're offering to pay you a lot of money for what seems to be like a minimum wage job. Those are the biggest red flags. You know, around this time of year, we'll see those, quote, secret shopper type jobs pop up where they'll tell you, go to this retail outlet and buy six gift cards with the money we're going to send you. And then to see if you really did it, you have to send back the number on the gift cards. You buy those gift cards, that money's already gone. And then the gift card money is gone. So definitely, definitely, definitely do not fall for this. Make sure that you are checking it out before you say yes. There are reputable secret shopper companies, but they're not emailing you and blindly hoping that you'll accept that position. It's also a very popular time of year for donating, and that means fake charities, especially insidious, since there are so many legitimate charities that really need help to help others. How do you donate safely? The bottom line with donating to charity is that a reputable charity will give you the time to do your research, do your homework, check into them. They will gladly answer questions if you say, you know, what, I'm going to sit on this today and make a decision tomorrow, they'll say, OK, you know, here's our number. Give us a call back. But if it's an imposter or a scammer, they're going to put that pressure on you to donate right away. Um, they're going to tell you that there's no time to wait, um, that they really need your money and they're going to keep hounding you. So, again, make sure you're checking um, Give.org, which is the BBB's charity arm. We have accredited charities there with giving tips. Really great resource. A lot of times, you know, we talk about, you know, getting scammed online and making sure, you know, so many people are looking on their phones instead of their computer that they're not seeing little things that could be red flags. So, you know, if you get a call, if you get an email, if you see an appeal on social media, go over to a bigger computer, take a look and start noodling around and hold the mouse over some of the links to make sure they're going exactly where they, they're supposed to be going. Mm -hmm. I know the Better Business Bureau has highlighted what I thought to be a really shocking statistic, that 80% of pet 
advertisements may be fake. 80%. Is that mainly pets for sale or do scammers also target people looking for rescues? And what should would-be pet owners do to play it safe for the holiday season? Most of those are people searching for purebred dogs. A lot of those websites will pop up in the middle of the night. They'll have adorable pictures of puppies. In some cases, they'll have videos. And it could be a puppy that is highly sought after, a breed that's highly sought after. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, there they are. I can buy one for $800. And the dog may be a $2,000 dog. So unfortunately, with puppies, people get emotionally attached to their animal. And then they're not thinking about, oh, we have to pay more to have a crate. You know, sometimes they'll say, well, we need to pay more to ship the dog or it needs um, some insurance. So, of course, you want to do everything you can to make sure that animal is safe in transporting it to you. And then all of a sudden you're out four thousand dollars and there is no animal. So, again, reputable sellers usually have wait lists and will make you do an interview and make you come out and see the animal and see how the animal interacts with you. It's not just a really quick transaction online. Buying a purebred dog is a process. So, you know, we always encourage people to use our website, find that reputable puppy breeder, dog seller, or to use our our website to find a rescue that is accredited, that has animals that need homes as well. So again, for folks who want to get any of these tips or read more on any of these holiday scam (laughs) issues, um, it's BBB.org, right? Correct. Melanie McGovern, BBB spokesperson, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Meet the American who scripted a Christmas story. The holiday season is all about spending time with family and creating traditions, and a treasured one for many is gathering around and watching a Christmas story. Ralphie Parker's determined hunt for a Red Ryder BB gun against a slew of doubtful adults has been a treasured tale ever since it hit the silver screen in 1983. But few movie buffs know how this Christmas classic came to be. Creative Dynamo, Gene Shepard's iconic tale boasts an unlikely origin story. Shepard was a big New York City radio shock jock who hosted a nightly broadcast that enthralled a generation of alienated young people. At least that's what hit musician and co-founder of Steely Dan, Donald Fagan, had to say about the writer, humorist and anti-authoritarian agitator. Shepard was born on July 26, 1921 in Chicago, Illinois, but most of his childhood was spent in Hammond, Indiana, the city that inspired Shepard to create the Parker family's fictional Midwestern hometown of Homan. After serving in the U.S. Army during World War II, Shepard set out to make a name for himself in radio, getting his start at KYW in Philadelphia before bringing his show to WOR in New York. After a few years, Shepard began focusing on another communication medium, writing books. In 1966, the tales of Ralphie Parker, Gene's lovable boyhood alter ego, were published in his book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. The book captured some trials of youth with endearing, humorous hyperbole that the movie came to be known for. Just 17 years later, the charming, clever read was adapted into a movie, and four decades later, it's still adored by movie and Christmas lovers all across the globe. Though Gene Shepard passed away October 16th, 1999, the media legend was inducted into to the Radio Hall of Fame in 2005, honoring the memory of a man who brought us one of the greatest Christmas stories of all time. 
pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Subscribe to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Jason Rance. What's on your mind? I still hear the cries of two brothers who witnessed their father murdered by Hamas terrorists on October 7th. One shouted, why am I alive? And yet to some Americans, this slaughter was somehow justified. The Israeli Defense Forces recently screened for Seattle media a 47-minute video documenting just a fraction of Hamas's brutality. While nearly all outlets were invited, only a handful showed up, most of us conservative. Every single television outlet apparently passed. The video shows the two boys, around 10 years old, abruptly awakened by their father, rushing them to a backyard bomb shelter. A Hamas militant spots them, hurls a grenade, and their father dies instantly before their eyes. The next scene shows the boys dragged to their living room where they relive the trauma and call out for their father, with one saying he was blinded by the blast. This compilation, sourced from Hamas's GoPro and phone footage, surveillance and social media videos, also includes clips taken by survivors fleeing the chaos. Israel's intent with these screenings is to bear witness to these atrocities, balancing respect for the victims' families who may not wish for this footage to be permanently online. The images are graphic and unforgettable. The crimes unthinkable and unforgivable. The sounds of fear and pain are haunting. Babies and young children were shot or burned to death. Men and women were seeking cover while being pursued by Hamas, one shouting, kill the Jew, when a wounded civilian was found alive. Watching the video, turning away at times from its intensity, I thought of Americans protesting in support of resistance, chanting slogans that align with these terrorists. I just saw mercilessly slaughtering Jews. They scream, resistance is justified when people are occupied. From the river to the sea, and long live the Intifada. I started replaying in my head the Oakland City Council's ceasefire resolution debate. During public comment, one anti-Semite after another took to the podium to declare the notion that there was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. An innocent Jewish staff member tried unsuccessfully to hide in a kindergarten classroom while Hamas hunted her. Now, that scene contrasts sharply with college students and professors taunting Jewish Americans on their campus. Survivors recounted witnessing brutal gang rapes during these attacks, yet there's been no unequivocal condemnation from many progressives against such war crimes. My book, What's Killing America? Inside the Radical Left's Tragic Destruction of Our Cities, highlights this disturbing progressive apathy. I never imagined being shocked any further by the left's indifference to such Holocaust-like crimes, and yet I am shocked. After viewing the footage, it's clear. Israel must eliminate Hamas, irredeemable barbarians with bloodlust for Jews. I'm uncertain, however, of what to do with Hamas sympathizers and defenders who are marching on streets from New York to Seattle. These people are our neighbors, co-workers, teachers, doctors, grocers. They're celebrities who entertain us on a screen, lawyers who we go to for legal advice, and associates we ask for help picking a jacket in our size. They're Americans, and they devalue Jewish life to the point where they defend terrorists who behead innocents with knives, laugh and cheer as they gun down kids running for their lives, and call their parents to gleefully share their kill count. Indifference allowed the Holocaust to occur. 
Justifying Hamas's actions necessitates dehumanizing Jews, something Hamas clearly does. Never again. It just happened again, and it's being defended. As an American Jew, the fear of being surrounded by those who support genocide against my people is palpable. I'm left wondering about my safety and what action to take in a society where such twisted views are increasingly normalized. I'm Jason Rance. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.